Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you. With a huge selection of new and used gear, it's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Since 2015, Autonomous is dedicated to building ergonomic office chairs and electric standing desks with the highest quality materials. The Autonomous product lineup began with the original office standing desk, the Smart Desk, and now spans several categories of smart ergonomic office tools and accessories, as well as new software solutions for modern hybrid work offices. All of our products are not just great looking and durable, but simple to use in order to unleash their full potential. Visit us at autonomous.ai and use code Messiah Radio for a 5% discount on your total order. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host, Dr. Roger E. Olson, our special guest, and the book, Handbook of Denominations in the United States, 14th edition. Uh, we talk about a Christianity, but we don't talk about denominations enough. Well, today's your lucky day, and he's here with us. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be with you. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission. To make you sound your best, thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. So you are the best in the business as far as I'm concerned when it comes to denominations. You've said it's your passion. And uh, why would this be your passion? All I can do is go back and say that uh, in my history as an individual growing up, I belonged to a very small denomination that almost nobody had ever heard of, except people who belonged to it. And uh, I was told that it was not a denomination. And one day I found the handbook of denominations in my father's pastoral library. 
And I took it home and read it. And I was absolutely fascinated because I saw all these different churches around town. The word denomination just means a network of churches with connective tissue. It doesn't have to have a headquarters. It doesn't have to have a hierarchy. Just any group of churches that interact with each other more than with other churches, and there's some connective tissue among them, whatever that is, maybe just a magazine that they publish and share, uh, that's a denomination. There's not enough interest and knowledge in it, and yet it's a very big part of the American religious landscape. Most people don't even know about the denomination that they're a part of. You know, they might say, well, uh, you know, if I'm Methodist, so we have the best fish fry. Or I like uh, the singing here at this particular denomination. Do we not know enough about our denominations? No, I'm afraid that most Americans are very ignorant about that. But I think that's fairly typical. That, that's been a common experience of mine is talking to people. I don't think denominations are bad. I don't think that there's something wrong with having denominations, but I don't think Jesus would identify with a particular. Some people take it so seriously. They say Baptist born, Baptist bred, and then you can finish the, you know, Baptist. Yeah, when I'm gone, I'll be Baptist dead. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. But a lot of scholarship went into this book, first of all. And so how do you do the research? How do you go about putting a book like this together? Handbook of Denominations in the United States. Again, our guest, Dr. Roger E. Olson. How did I start? Well, I started with the 13th edition and just revised everything, just basically rewrote it in light of new research that I did, much of it online, looking at websites. Websites are a great help, of course. Contacting the denominational leaders insofar as I could reach them. Some of them I could reach and some I couldn't. So the book is divided into traditions. It starts with Eastern Orthodox and goes through uh, Catholic, of which many people would not know that there are about 10 different Catholic churches in the United States. The Roman Catholic Church is not the only one. Uh, Episcopal and Anglican churches, Lutheran churches, Reformed Presbyterian Congregationalist churches, Mennonite and Anabaptist churches. The longest list is Pentecostal churches. Well, keep that thought in just a bit, because we're going to be back with Dr. Roger E. Olson, uh, his book, the 14th edition, Handbook of Denominations in the United States. And just so you know that Dr. Olson is an American Baptist theologian and professor of Christian theology of ethics at Baylor University. How to choose a denomination. We'll be right back right after this. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions, the ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. Tribe Signs was designed in 2010. We started operations as home and office solutions specialists and have since established ourselves as a trusted brand all over the world. We have worked with some of the world's best designers and manufacturers to bring a curated selection of beautiful furniture to thousands of happy customers across America. Visit us at tribesigns.com. Okay, we're back with Dr. Roger E. Olson. You ever wonder about denominations and how you came to believe in your denomination or maybe you're looking for a denomination? Well, denominations are what we're talking about in the handbook of denominations in the United States, 14th edition, and Dr. Roger E. Olson. So, you know, this could be tricky, right? For people who may be a new Christian or maybe just, you know, are questioning their denomination. 
Um, they're looking for a denomination. How hard is that? How do people go about doing that? Yeah, my experience is that very few people go looking for a denomination. What they do is they tend to look for a church that fits them. And then they find out, maybe or don't, what the denomination is. Uh, and of course, I want to turn that around. I want people to know about denominations and to look at websites of congregations and say, oh, well, this is that denomination. And maybe I don't want to be part of that because I believe in believer baptism and it believes in infant baptism, for example, just one of the differences. So, you know, I think using my handbook is the reason it exists is to help people choose a church and to exclude certain churches saying, well, in light of the book, that's not a church I could really belong to because it's affiliated with this denomination and their doctrines are different than what I believe and so forth and so on. But I do think that most people today don't think that way and they just look for, or for a church, not a denomination. And denominations have changed, too, because, you know, of liberal views and and uh, pushing the boundaries. So it's not always what it used to be, perhaps. Uh, have you noticed that? I mean, even churches now, instead of like, uh, you know, First Baptist, it might be uh, FBC church or family mm -hmm. church or they, they somehow even change that. You know, they don't want you to know the denomination up front where before they televised it now. You know, they kind of have um, more of a generic way of uh, talking about and billboarding what their church you know, is called. But how do you think denominations ha have changed? I'm not sure exactly what the reason for that is, except kind of a, a general attitude among the population of, of a negative view of denominations because they misunderstand what denomination means. They think it means powerful hierarchy that dictates from some distant headquarters what everyone must believe and do. And that's that's true in some denominations, but not in all. The vast majority don't have that. What other things would you like to mention about denominations? And what are the kind of questions you get from people about that? Well, I get a lot of emails from people who are moving to a new city and asking me, how do I find a church? Can you imagine, you know, people who have grown up in a certain denomination, they're comfortable with it, you know, even if they're not saved, right? We want them to be saved, but uh, they grew up in a certain amount of singing and fellowship and just uh, even uh, forms of worship. But can you imagine being a brand new Christian and trying to figure this out and say, which yeah. de denomination am I supposed to go to? And you can go to a Pentecostal church. You can go to a Presbyterian church, a Baptist church. I mean, you could spend all day doing this and uh, church hopping. So it doesn't seem like, as you kind of mentioned, that churches readily define themselves. Well, we want to come back with Dr. Roger E. Olson. Of course, his book, Handbook of Denominations in the United States, the 14th edition, right after this. Ocaso builds high-quality, extremely affordable action cameras that enable our customers to capture dynamic moments in life and share their world of difference. In less than nine years, Ocaso has become one of the leading action camera brands worldwide, with sales of over a half million units annually. There's a world out there to explore and enjoy while capturing every thrilling experience. Acaso's mission is to inspire and empower more people to join, enjoy, capture, and share the fun of exciting outdoor sports. Visit acasotech.com. Start your fragrance line and make money with bostonperfumery.com. Design custom cologne or perfume using natural ingredients. Imagine 10% butterscotch, 20% sandalwood, and 70% vanilla dark. Choose any scents and any percentage from the Boston Perfumery Sun Chart, then name your custom fragrance. Visit bostonperfumery.com. Again, bostonperfumery.com. Everyone deserves a signature scent. 
Okay, we're talking about the Handbook of Denominations in the United States. It's Dr. Roger E. Olson, the uh, author of 14th edition. And um, I want to ask you, how would you direct people or inform people about just this whole subject? What do you think that the number one question uh, or two or three that people have about denominations? How can we be the best informed? I find there's a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of it's negative uh, toward denominations, unfortunately. And uh, what I like is when people email me and say, what about this denomination? Can you tell me a little bit about it? And I'm always happy to, or say, I'm moving to a certain area. What denominations are strong there that you would recommend? What can I look for and kind of filter out other ones? And then I can help them with that. All right, let's just play a little game, you and I, okay? All right, here, here's the game. So I'm going to mention a denomination. You tell me in either one sentence or one word about the denomination or what you think about it or what, uh, you know, capsulizes that denomination. What about Baptists? So Baptists are all over the place. Um, it's a tradition, not a denomination. So when I hear people talk about the Baptist denomination, I wince because there's no such thing as the Baptist denomination. So there are about, I'm just going to say 57 to make it kind of funny because, you know, Heinz 57 varieties seven varieties of Baptists in the United States, and they just are all over the place. Uh, there's one subgroup of Baptists in the Appalachian Mountains called the No Hellers that don't believe in hell. That comes as quite a revelation to Southern Baptists, who are the largest group with 14 million members. True, Dr. Olson, that the Baptists, they get to the cafeteria faster than the other uh, denominations? Well, I haven't observed that. I've heard a lot of things about Baptists. <laughs> I don't think you can generalize about Baptists. No, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. So now what about Presbyterianism or, or Presbyterian? So all Presbyterians worldwide, and they do have a worldwide umbrella organization that they all, most of them kind of associate with, they all look back to Scotland and to a minister there in the 1500s named John Knox, who really changed Scotland so that the National Church of Scotland is Presbyterian. It's the only country in the world that I know of where Presbyterianism is the national church, the state church. And they all adhere to the Westminster Confession of Faith, which was written by the Puritans uh, during the time of Oliver Cromwell in the middle of the uh, 1600s. Beyond that, they don't have a lot in common. You know, the, there are fundamentalist Presbyterians and there are very liberal Presbyterians. So I've listed them all in the book and brought out their differences. But what I like to tell people as a theologian is this LGBTQ and gay marriage issue that's splitting denominations like crazy is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Uh, usually things have been, you know, debates have been simmering below the surface for a very long time over other things. And the real deeper issue is liberal versus conservative theology. And this LGBTQ and gay marriage issue is simply the straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. Uh, but the divisions have already been coming over other issues, such as the inspiration of the Bible, what that means, the deity of Jesus Christ and uh, miracles and things like that. And it's nothing new. I mean, this is why we have hundreds of denominations in the United States, because they're free to do that. There's no state church that no government agency that can enforce people to stay together. And there's so many other, you know, denominations out there, just as far as just the, the other kind of heavyweights there, as far as the Southern Baptists. What about that one? They consider themselves and, and most consider them the second largest denomination after Roman Catholic in the United States. You know, you have hardcore Calvinists, 
there and you have non-Calvinists there. And um, yeah, it's it's really been held together over the years by mission. Um, what about Pentecostal? So I grew up Pentecostal and I have right here next to me uh, a paper, a research paper I wrote in high school on Pentecostalism because I was uh, very interested in our tradition and our particular denomination. Again, very diverse. What is what, what, what holds them all together? All Pentecostals in the United States anyway, traditionally have believed that speaking in tongues is the initial physical evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which comes after conversion. Um, now, some of them are weakening on that and not insisting on it as much as they used to, but uh, that's been the sine qua non doctrine of Pentecostalism. Most Pentecostals, and again, it's hard to say all to any of these, but most Pentecostals believe strongly in the rapture and the imminent return of Jesus Christ and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are mentioned in the New Testament is all still for the church today. And um, they tend to be very conservative doctrinally when it comes to the Bible and Christian doctrine. You know, one thing I, I think that people probably don't realize in reading your book, once again, Handbook of Denominations in the United States, the 14th edition we've been talking with Dr. Roger E. Olson, is we probably learn a lot about ourselves. And the more, you know, because there must be a reason, right, why people are drawn to certain denominations. If they get your book, they'll learn a little bit maybe about why they, you know, feel comfortable uh, after the fact and everything. But now one thing I see with Methodists, you always see fish fry, I think. that It seems, it seems like they have the best, uh, you know, things like that going on. But tell us about Methodists. How is that different? I don't know about fish frying. I haven't heard that one. My nephew pastors the United Methodist Church not far from here, and we'll go there this Sunday. The United Methodist Church is the largest body of Methodists, but they are in the process of dividing. And uh, this has happened before in the 19th century, early 20th century. Many broke away from the what it used to be called the Methodist Church, and then before that, the Methodist Episcopal Church, uh, which traces its beginnings back to John Wesley and uh, his American revivalist followers back in the late 1700s. But there are lots of different kinds of Methodists. Uh, I find lots of interesting little tidbits about things. The other night, my wife and I were watching an old rerun of a Leave it to Beaver show from the 1900s. Oh, yeah. Our granddaughter's visiting us, and she likes that show, and so we were watching it with her. Uh, the main actor, Hugh Beaumont, uh, who plays the father, was a Methodist minister. Isn't that interesting? Uh, but the Methodists, you know, their sine qua non, their doctrine that, that's distinctive to them of all kinds of Methodists is entire sanctification. The possibility of arriving at a point in life as a Christian where you no longer sin, at least you no longer sin presumptuously, knowingly and willfully. Now, how many of them actually claim to have arrived at that? I don't think a lot do. Uh, that was a doctrine Wesley really introduced into Protestantism and made uh, really important to his Methodist ministry when he was starting that tradition. But today, it's on, they're on paper, but I don't know that they really promote that very much. But they do still talk about sanctification as much or more than justification. So that's one of the things about them. Uh, most of them baptize infants, but there are a few offshoots of the Methodist tradition that don't, that only baptize believers. Uh, some have bishops and some don't. So it's really, you know, when you see the word Methodist on a church, it's really hard to know other than it's somehow back to the ministry of John Wesley. The, the other one, I guess the last one I could think of really is Lutheran. Lutherans, of course, all trace their ancestry theologically back to Martin Luther, uh, who didn't call 
his church is Lutheran. And if you go to Europe, they're not called Lutheran there. They're called Evangelische. Uh, but here in the United States, they came to be called Lutheran. Again, there are many, many types of Lutherans. I grew up in Minnesota, and there were, were at least 20 varieties of Lutherans around Minnesota. And some of them don't have any fellowship with each other because they consider each other not true Lutherans. So you have uh, two main bodies of Lutherans in the United States, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, which has somewhere around 7 million members. So it's one of the largest denominations in the United States but it is the amalgamation of several previously existing Lutheran churches. And it's a very ecumenical body. It's, it's, it leans more liberal. It's not officially pro-gay marriage, but it tolerates that. I mean, it's not going to crack down. Occasionally it does, but generally speaking, there are Evangelical Lutheran Church of America churches that are pro-gay, pro-welcoming and affirming. And then you have the more conservative Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, which uh, is much more conservative than that. They would, they would say confessional. So they hold to not only the Bible, but after the Bible, the Book of Confessions, the Augsburg Confession and others like that. Uh, the small called articles and so forth that came to be written after Luther. So you have those two main bodies. And I would say if you're if you're Lutheran, you're going to be comfortable in one or the other and not both. I mean, they're they're that different. There should be like a video about this, uh, an introductory video that goes with denominations because uh, it's so varied. And uh, I don't know, your passion is rubbing off on me. Well, people have tried to make documentaries, but there's just so much to cover. I don't know how you'd get it all into one documentary. And we can go on and on, you know, Episcopalianism, Reformed Church of Christ, on and on. Uh, his book, Dr. Roger E. Olson, and his book, Handbook of Denominations in the United States, 14th edition. I mean, it covers over 200 distinct Christian denominations, well as uh, overviews, it's um, several major Christian traditions to which they belong. And this is based on shared historical and theological roots and commitments. And anything you'd like to leave people with, um, you know, I hope they get your book and, and give out your website one more time. Yeah, it's a blog and it's called uh, www.patheos, that's P-A-T-H-E-O-S, that's the company that hosts it, patheos.com forward slash blogs, forward slash Roger E. Olson, all small letters. You can just Google my name and you'll come up with tons and tons of stuff among it, my, my blog. Uh, just don't believe everything that people say about me, please. <laughs> Handbook of Denominations in the United States. Thank you so much, Dr. Roger E. Olson, for being on the program. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. 
And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.